The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Hello, patrons, and welcome to the Dark Match. I'm Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by our SmackDown Matters correspondent, host, always, Miss Didi Jonay. How are you, Miss I am wonderful, friend. How are you? We're fine. I'm fine. Hopefully, all the patrons are fine. We're here to talk about a little bit of AEW, the fourth week of the show here. We get right to the action. There's not even the announcers coming up saying, hey, welcome to the show. As soon as it comes on, the Lucha Brothers and Private Party, they're already in the ring. This is an AEW Tag Team Tournament semifinals match. Phoenix cuts off Isaiah Cassidy, and he attacks Mark Quinn and works over both members of Private Party. Pentagon tags in and follows with the sling blade and powerbomb. The package pile dropper and double foot stomp is countered. The gin and juice by Private Party follows. Pentagon battles back and he hits the destroyer. Phoenix follows with the rope walk kick and Pentagon snaps the arm of Mark Quinn. The package pile dropper double foot stomp combo connects and it gets the win for the Lucha Brothers. They was doing a whole lot of flip de doos in this thing right here. <laughs> oh my gosh. This was like the closest thing to a Lucha Underground match I've seen in a long time, just as far as just what in the world are they doing? Just double teams and high flying. And yeah, this was a really good fun match. Good way to start. We get a Wardlow video package of a new wrestler coming soon to AEW. We get an update on Christopher Daniels. He's at home recuperating, and he'll be back in six to eight weeks. Because remember, he got attacked last week by uh, the Lucha Brothers. He got packaged power driver on the ramp. Then we get a video package to try to get the Dark Order over. It's not going to help him. Next up is another tag team tournament semifinal match. SCU versus the Dark Order. The Inner Circle arrive. And they make their way to a luxury suite through the crowd. So they basically interrupt, hijack the match. The match is going on. Nobody's paying attention to them because they're going up through the crowd to the upper level to go to the suite. So they're watching the match from the suite. They got popcorn. They got champagne. They're booing and hissing and, you know, critiquing the matches or whatever. SCU locks on dual dragon sleepers. Grayson fights out and he breaks up the other dragon sleeper. Scorpio Sky fights on his own. He runs wild and Grayson follows with the tope on the cast. Uno cuts off Sky and he covers for a two count. The Dark Order looks for fatality, but Scorpio Sky fights out. Kazarian hits a DDT. SCU takes out Uno on the apron and the SCU later gets the win for SCU. So that means that next week, SCU will be taken on the Lucha Brothers to become the first ever AEW Tag Team Champions. That should be a really good match, really fun match. They got a lot of uh, 
you know, animosity after what happened last week between the two teams. So it should be fun. Kenny Omega, he faced off against Joey Janela in a rematch of their unsanctioned hardcore match that they had on AEW Dark a couple of weeks ago. Kenny Omega stuns Janela off of the buckles and he hits a snapdragon suplex, then a V-trigger, and he gets to cover for a two-count. Janela battles back with the German suplex. They trade strikes, and Janela hits the Fisherman Buster. Janela follows with the big lariat for a two-count. Janela then misses the swan's on on the apron. Back in, a V-trigger is followed by the one-winged angel, and Kenny Omega is your winner. This actually showed a lot for Joey Janela. He's known for being a hardcore wrestler. Didi, I don't know if you saw the match he had with uh, John Moxley, where he uh, took his shoes off and slammed them on the thumbtacks. Uh-uh. Yeah, but that's the type of guy that Joey Janela. Those are the type of matches he's known for. But this actually showed a different side, and he actually showed some good wrestling techniques, scientific wrestling. And uh, he had a pretty decent match with Kenny Omega. This was actually pretty, uh, pretty competitive. I like this. Hmm. So Cody Rhodes looking dapper as always in the suits coming out. He's going to get interviewed in the ring by Tony Schiavone. Cody tries to talk, but the inner circle, mainly Chris Jericho, keeps blowing these air horns and interrupting him. So Cody gets interrupted by Jericho for like the fourth or fifth time. Cody then grabs the mic and says, hey, this isn't like the other place that we came from. He says, I could come up there and fight you right now, Jericho. It's not an imaginary wall between us. And Jericho tells the crowd to shut up. He tells Cody, don't do dumb, don't do anything stupid. And he calls him a coward and an entitled millennial bitch. Oh, gasp. Cody gets out of the ring. He teases going up into the crowd, but then he thinks better of it. That's when Dustin Rhodes arrives. He has Cody's back. Jericho continues to run them down. And that's when MJF and his lovely scarf arrive. And this place went off the chart when MJF (laughs) came out there. And Jericho goes, oh, MJF? I'm supposed to be scared of him? I'm supposed to be scared of a dude who wears a scarf? Who wears a scarf anyway? (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, okay, so you got still three or four or whatever. And uh, then DDP comes out. And so Zerico's all like, oh shit. So Cody and his boys, they start heading up to the VIP box. And the inner circle, they start to scatter. So the inner circle, they leave the VIP box and then they lock themselves into another room like behind this glass door. But Cody... Once they get up there, he grabs MJF's scarf, he wraps it around his hand, and he breaks the glass, and he opens up the door, and then they have this big brawl out on the concourse. So everybody's Mm -hmm. fighting out on the concourse with the fans, you know, the fans are all into it and stuff. Cody tries to drown Chris Jericho in some dipping dots. It's like, come (laughs) on, man, not the dipping dots. So security finally, you know, um, gets everybody separated and stuff. So they go to a commercial break. And during the commercial break, they have the picture in picture. Well, the whole time, 
like when they were in the crowd before Chris Jericho, when he was walking up the stairs, he was showing everybody his ticket so he could get up there and stuff. He was, and then, so when they gets beat up and stuff, he's like, I've got a ticket. He's just showing his ticket. He was like, they need to, I was assaulted. I'm a big customer. <laughs> I bought a ticket. And he just has the ticket all stuck to his forehead in the commercial break. It was hilarious. But uh, yeah, this was like the highlight of the night. Chris Jericho is, I guess this is like his version of like Ric Flair because he's the leader of like a faction and he, mm-hmm. and so he's the champion and he's got the cocky attitude and the sunglasses and all that stuff. And man, it is just something else. He is on a whole other another than he's been on before. So that was real good stuff especially with Cody and his little posse gathering up. And it was some different guys besides the young bucks and, and Kenny Omega, this MJF thing is crazy. Cause okay. So of course DDP comes out, he throws up the diamond cutter, right? Mm-hmm. So he throws up the diamond cutter and then MJF comes by the screen, but he's like the last one to walk past the camera. And when he walks by the camera, he puts a diamond cutter sign up, but he puts it up upside down. But I don't know how many mm-hmm. people caught that. Because the thing is, MJF is like the total heel, right? Mm-hmm. And he's been just getting close to Cody, getting close to him, getting close to him. So everybody's like, he's going to turn on him. So that's the reason why a couple of weeks ago when he slid in the ring and uh, the inner circle came in there and he actually didn't hit Cody, but hit the inner circle. Everybody popped so loud because they're just expecting him to to do dastardly things to Cody. But I think they're just playing it for the long run, but it is, it is some good stuff. That was really good. So the young bucks, they have a match against the best friends to follow that. Everybody's favorite. I don't know. Guilty pleasure in wrestling is here. Orange Cassidy. He's making his (laughs) in ring debut. You know who I'm talking about, right? Didi orange Cassidy, the dude with the blue jean suit and the glasses. The, the the glasses, his hands in his pocket. What? Okay, yeah, you gotta see it. You gotta see it. <laughs> so, like, I can't even explain this to you because you gotta see it. It's just so weird. But anyway, Orange Cassidy, he's this dude, right? And he has mm-hmm. his blue jean outfit, and he has his glasses, and he has his hands in his pocket. And what he does is he does these moves. He does wrestling moves, but he does them like light, like tapping you, right? But it's supposed to be like so vicious in his mind, right? Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, so he'll do like a, like in this, what, what he does is he throws like one super kick to the butt's leg. He throws another super kick to the other young butt's leg. And he's like all proud of himself. And when he turns around, they double super kick him. Mm. And knock him. I like it. Yeah, knock him out. You gotta, you need to Google it and and just be like, what? So anyway, later in the match, because Orange Cassidy is kind of like the best friend's pseudo manager or whatever right now. Uh, with his hands in his pockets, he hits a dive off of the top to the floor. The best friends hit the strong zero on Matt, but Nick flies in to make the save. Chuck Taylor dumps Nick. They look for the doomsday device, but Matt backflips out of it and we get the super kick party. Nick follows with the step up dive and more bang for your back by the Young Bucks follows for the win. So the Young Bucks are victorious in the 
match. Then afterwards, they accept the challenge laid down by Chris Jericho for a match versus Santana and Ortiz for full gear. So we have another uh, match added to that card that is actually coming up rather quickly on November 9th. Then we get this really good Dr. Britt Baker DMD video package talking about her journey, uh, you know, living in Pittsburgh, getting her degree from the University of Pittsburgh and just being a part of the city. And man, this place was on fire to see some Britt Baker. She faced off against Jamie Hayter. Britt Baker hits a suplex. Hater pops back up with the Uranagi and a clothesline for a two count. Baker hits the super kick. She hits a cutter and a net breaker for a two count. We get a super kick by Britt Baker and the lockjaw gets the win. So unlike WWE, when the whole crowd is behind you and they've got special terrible towels and they brought out like the Steelers <laughs> mascot and she had on like a special like Steelers um inspired Dennis coat with like the Steelers, you know, Steelers like uh welding. So the colors of, you know, welding are like yellow, red and white or blue or something like that. So she had like the teeth on the back of her Dennis jacket were the colors of the Pittsburgh mm. Steelers. Yeah, it was a full it was a full on deal here. <laughs> so after the match, Jamie Hayter is getting interviewed and she just gets attacked by Brandy. She gets blindsided before she can say anything. Brandy turns around and she just has this like mean look and she just has her finger in the face of the interviewer, but she doesn't say anything to her. She just kind of stares her down. So I don't know what this is supposed to be foreshadowing, but this is something that we'll, I guess, get next week. Now it's time for our main event, John Moxley versus Pac. As Moxley's coming down for his entrance, Pac attacks him from behind with a chair shot, just like he did Kenny Omega uh, last week. Then Pac whips Moxley to the barricade twice. He chokes him out with his own jacket. Then our match officially <laughs> starts. Pac hits an apron, 450 onto the floor. Back in, the black arrow misses. John Moxley crawls and he covers Pac for a two count. Moxley hits a death rider and both men are down. Moxley manages to make the cover, but Pac kicks out just as the television time expires and the match is declared a time limit draw. Oh no, I did see this. Yes, I did. Yeah, so after the match, John Moxley lays out the ref, and he's like, man, that's some bullshit. There ain't no draw. There ain't no draw. But but it's, but it's my bullshit. It was a draw. Yeah, it was a draw. He, sh- he shouldn't have covered him so slowly. Yes, he should have got his business done. Mm-hmm. This was a... Re- it. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I don't have anything <laughs> to really add. I was going to say, this was a really strong episode of uh, pro wrestling really good uh, matches really good matches good tag team matches fast paced tag team matches fast paced matches Britt Baker is still kind of the shaky part in the show just because they're trying to get her over and she's still trying to get her footing as a wrestler I said the same thing last week but I think in a couple of more months another year she'll definitely be where they want her to be so they're giving her all these matches to try to get her a more familiar with the crowd so the crowd can understand okay 
Riho is our champion and our main baby face. Here's our secondary baby face. So they're trying to pump her up because Nyla Rose is going to need other people to wrestle if she can't mm. wrestle for the title all the time. And that's who everybody right. wants to see is Nyla Rose. But uh, eventually they'll have to move in somebody else into Nyla Rose's spot. So they need somebody for her to wrestle in the secondary spot. And that would be Britt Baker to help elevate her. So I think that's where they're going with it. But another strong outing by AEW. Um, check out the Dark Show. They have some really good matches. Uh, they have some really good videos as well. Everybody seems to be complaining. Oh, they don't have any promos. They're not introducing any of the wrestlers to us. They're kind of introducing people slowly. Like they did that Britt Baker thing. They did the Sammy Guevara thing. So they're kind of picking and choosing who they're making big packages on. And then everybody else is making their name by really good matches. Hmm. Can't complain. Can't complain. I would want you to see Orange Cassidy do his thing, Mr. Ejene, so we can have a real conversation about him, hopefully in the next week or two. I would love to. Is his name really Orange Cassidy? That's it what is. he goes by. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Yes, ma'am. It Freshly is, uh, squeezed. Yes. <laughs> I love having a good time and just getting after it. <laughs> I've never seen this man in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you need to Google some of his entering actions so you can be wild and amazed and try to figure out why this dude right here is so over. Wait a minute. Is he a ginger? No, he's not. Oh, that was disappointing. I thought he was. I got happy. They're coming to Baltimore for their pay-per-view in a couple of months and a couple of weeks. But it's Baltimore. Let's tell Mo to go. Yeah, he is go, going. Go, of course girl. he's going. Yeah, see. He'll see, be there. He'll be there. He's already I, I've already seen his tickets. See, look at him. He's he's got it. Yep. 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 So it'll be real fun to hear his uh his take on the pay-per-view after they've gotten up and running as a company and had the TV to build up to it. Just how everybody feels. The crowd was really good for this show. You know how sometimes those raw crowds, it'd be really good shit going on and they don't be reacting right? Nah, not this crowd. This crowd was reacting good to everything. So everybody who's been to an AEW show, they say that it feels like the crowd is into everything and everybody and they're just rooting for it all. So, hmm. you know, it's not it's not like they're watching the show per se it's like they're you know more involved in trying to make the show even better than it is so i've heard that from two or three people who've been to actual shows Hmm. so that's our edition of aew dynamite on the dark match for this week thank you once again for the patrons for listening all righty miss Didi. Uh, All right. One in the books. We're so professional. What do you have going on for your week's end? Uh, 
I don't have any plans. Top golf tomorrow and then nothing on Saturday or Sunday because I'm going out on Halloween proper. Oh yes. Chest. Okay, so what's the uh what do you got going on for uh uh costume wise? What's the uh itinerary? Uh, oh ho clothes. Just, oh, just oh, ho clothes. Just, just growing it's thought th- 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 yeah. I got yeah. you. Tatiana, like on some Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's the whole uh, a little fashion over outfit. It it's a cute little thing. It kind it came with the wig and some accessories. So I was like, that's cute. Had a whole stain on it, and I'm like, what you mean? You are in plastic. You are supposed to be brand ass new. Why are there stains on my top? And so I immediately took three pictures of the stains, clear as day through the plastic, and I was like, I literally just got my package. And I literally, like, they delivered it and I opened it, like, 10 minutes later. I was like, I literally just got the package. This is dirty. I would like you to send me a clean one or I'll <laughs> some money back. And they were like, oh, I'm so sorry, doll. Here's some store credit for the whole thing. And I'm like, bitch, I didn't say store credit. I said, <laughs> send me a clean one. <laughs> but um, they gave me the credit and I don't have to send a little dress back. So I was like, fine, I'll throw it in the washer. Or I'll clean it with a little bit of like them little shout sticks or whatever. Right. And um and then I'll buy something else from them. That's probably black, so I don't have these problems. Sending me dirty ass clothes. What the hell wrong with you? Are we are you bar hopping? Is that the plan? Oh no, honey bunches. I'm going to be in heels. So I am going to one club and I am going to find one seat and then I am sitting my ass down. Except for photo opportunities because I, I ain't got it because the heels ain't even that high but it's the heel and I was like mm, I thought about it though I haven't been to a good Halloween party in so long uh, let's see the last Halloween party I remember going to I don't even think I dressed up because I had work and my friends <laughs> were kind of like come on man let's go out and I'm like dude I'm not even dressed up they're like man I feel like it. we're just going out it's like, mm-hmm. all right, so my buddy Luigi, he dressed up as a leprechaun. So that was, uh, that was very interesting. We had fun with him going in and out of the places. But we went to this place called City Limits. And they have kind of like this upstairs where they have like a bunch of pool tables and stuff. And you can kind of drink up there, kind of like overlooking everybody down on the dance floor and by the bar, right? So me and my buddy, we're up there. We're just kind of in the corner shooting the shit. And I mean, this place is packed. It's Halloween, of course. Everybody's dressed up in costumes or whatever. And I, I think we, me and my friend might have been the only two people who saw this. But one of the bartenders was dancing on the bar and she slipped off and fell behind the bar. What? <laughs> yeah. And so my buddy's name is Leo. And I'm like, Leo, did you see that? like hell yeah dude he's like she just bust her ass and i mean this place is packed and i swear i don't think any nobody like broke stride to like help her up or anything like that mm. it was so funny <laughs> but yeah that's like the last time i remember going out on halloween now at the university of north carolina in chapel hill they have this really huge block party is that mm-hmm. as a younger man, 
that we used to do every <laughs> year. Now, this thing right here is amazing. I mean, some of the outfit, of course, it's college, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, some mm-hmm. of the outfits that these people would come on, and this is like late 90s. So, you know, you had guys out there with the vest like Stone Cold. You had people out there dressed up like the Chick-fil-A cups. Uh, one dude was literally a dick in balls. <laughs> it's like, oh, my gosh. But it's just this huge ass street called Franken Street, which is like the main street on their campus. And it's just wall to wall people just out there and they've got music playing and stuff. It's just like a big ass block party of people dressed Mm -hmm. up. Yeah. But now they made it so hard. Like they closed the street down at like four o'clock. So if you aren't out there, like before it gets dark, it's hard to get out there if you're not a student or don't live in Chapel Hill. Oh, wow. Yeah, trying to keep the riffraff out. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that, that used to be, like, one of the things we would always just try to be in the mix stuff for Halloween because it's just so much energy and so many, like, just crazy costumes. It's, like, so crazy. You do enjoy a costume. Yeah, yeah, like, when I was working at the university one year, this kid spent like two months making this costume to be a Rubik's Cube. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like, yep, that's a lot of time and creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I remember one year I was the Robert Palmer girl. Oh, yeah. You know, like the Addicted to Love. Uh-huh. So, right. you know. And then I, I had, like, I don't know how I convinced my friends to do it, but I got like four other people to do it. Everybody had a slick bag, little black dress, red lips, smoky eye, <laughs> like cute little heels and some little stockings because we wore stockings in the 80s. Like it was a whole moment. And it's like I dressed up after that, but I think that was like the only year like had a group outfit. Right. Yeah. Or it's like you walk choice. in the door. Yeah. Like where you walk in the door and you're like, oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I got it. Y'all didn't that have, was cool. Y'all didn't have like one friend be the Robert Palmer though in the black and white Mm-mm. suit. Mm-mm. Probably should have. What we should have had is like somebody with a little plastic guitar. <laughs> that's actually. Yeah, that's what I, maybe I'll do that next year. Like I still have some black dresses. Just get me a little plastic little kid guitar. That's actually one of my favorite videos and first videos I ever saw on MTV. Mm. It's such a good video. It is. It is. It is. Those 80s pop kind of soul songs back in the day, they were all good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Come on, Nationals. You know, Don't be like the rest of your teams and win. You, uh, last week, uh, Post Malone was in town. Oh, cool. I know the whites love him. Yeah, very interesting crowd because um, he has Sway Lee and some other young dude, millennial rapper, singer, <laughs> dude with him. Uh-huh. So, yeah, but yeah, Sway Lee and the other dude, they were really good. Post Malone was actually really good, too. Um, surprisingly, I wouldn't think so that he would be good. <laughs> You know, he just kind of comes out there, stands at the end of the stage and screams his songs and, you know, people like it. <laughs> they love that, though. They go up for that. Yeah. That, he that, did that at 
he's a good at Coachella. Remember, he was the one who was before Beyonce. Yeah. Who made her set start a little late. And I was like, uh, his, his rock, his his uh, performance of rock star is pretty good, though. Mm. Yeah. yeah. He gets like a, a guitar and smashes it at the end. Yeah, it's, that's, that was actually really good. Oh, cool. Yeah. Had some weird fashion choices on, but I guess when everybody you, really doesn't matter what you wear. Yeah, wear what you want to wear. Right. Wear it. Wear it all. He had on some like uh, they look like pajama pants, but they might have been like um, like uh, uh, just windbreaker pants, but they were like uh, like uh, kilt design, oh. like red and black, the plaid red and black. And then he uh-huh. had on like this t-shirt with like these frogs with like eight balls on the like eights on the stomach for like eight balls. It's like, hmm, interesting fashion choice. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it was a fun night. It was a fun night. It was much better than uh now you wanna the, the two Americas, as they <gasps> say. Like that was on a Thursday night, and then on a Saturday night, uh we had a Bon Iver. Uh huh. Oh my gosh! You talk about <laughs> bull or ring, and what made it even worse is we have the state fair going on right now, and it's in the same area as the arena. So I had to sit uh, in traffic uh, for a freaking hour and ten minutes to even get to work, <laughs> and then this shit was so dry and so boring. <laughs> it was like it was, it wasn't even like get up and dance to music. It was like you know sitting there just easy listening like break out a book and read while you listen to this shit music that's awful I I mean for the people for the kind of people who like that kind of thing that's the kind of thing they like but Mm. no man even the older white people there were like what is this right (laughs) I I can't even explain what it is it's kind of like new age alternative hippie music and it's like, oh, you better do the things, Dana. Yes. Oh, they broke it up. Um, <laughs> first of all, Carmela and this other girl could be cousins. Mandy. That shit is so funny. Yes. Same shade of blonde hair. They probably share extensions. Only difference is Carmela's tights are a different color. <laughs> and Mandy's match hers perfectly. Um. Yeah. No, I know what Bon Iver's music sounds like. It sounds like nothing I want to listen to. <laughs> oh my gosh! And just think now. Like I, I think I think black people heard him on like one black person song and were like, "Oh, that's not bad." And then you hear everything else and you're like, "Oh, oh no, 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 no. yeah, it is." It is not the heat, so uh, I'm very much looking forward to uh, November 22nd, Ariana Grande. Mm, that'll be good. Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. Because uh, the girl has hits. Yeah, I don't really know any of her hits, but her older songs, I kind of know a couple, so that'll be fun. Yeah, she got, oh, Lord. bless. She had a lot of songs. Lots and lots of songs. Yep, yeah, so... I'm looking forward to that, but man, yeah, it was uh, that was that was the biggest contrast in a long time between shows that we've done. <laughs> like 
it was like, you know, during the Post Malone concert, even like before the concert started, you could hear like the buzz of the people, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just the people in the arena, just buying T-shirts and drinking and doing whatever. So there's just, you know, there's like a buzz to the arena before it starts. Man, that Bon Iver concert, it was like, damn, it don't even <laughs> feel like the arena's open. It's like, is there anybody even in here? It's so dead. It's like this is. They seem like a. They seem like the cow who I have like a flight of wine and a cheese plate. <laughs> definitely, just definitely that type of crowd. It was like it was like the whitest of white people there. There's no <laughs> hint of coolness in this crowd. <laughs> like when Peter Griffin was in the thing, and he looked around. He was like, oh, "Awful lot of honky." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Only a white person can say some shit like that. <laughs> yeah, it oh. was it was uh it was one of the worst nights of work. The only thing that made it bad that made it even tolerable is man, we we ate like a whole bunch of freaking food oh. that night. So that kind of made it passable, but the whole rest of the time so boring. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like this Braun Strowman package. Never forget when he pulled all the shit down on Brock, Brock Lesnar. Good times. <laughs> yeah, the good uh, times. The, that's actually pretty smart to show like a recap of SmackDown on the FS1 just to get the casual people up late at night. Ain't got shit to do. Yeah. Maybe like you know. I wonder, do they weed. always do that? Oh yeah, smoking weed, eating snacks, flipping through the channels. Like oh shit, wrestling. Yeah, because it, it was cool. Like I just wanted to know that I have the channel, and here I am actually being able to watch what I missed. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is cute because I don't have a DVR. So ah uh, yeah, I th- they they really need to start doing like Saturday morning wrestling again, like a recap show or something. Because you know, mm-hmm. if you think about it, most responsible parents don't let their kids stay up till 10 o'clock you know what i'm saying until you're like 14, yeah. 15 right so how yeah. how is a little kid supposed to ever really watch a whole episode unless their parents tape it for them and, you know and let them watch right. it What's it? the next day or whatever but you know, it'd be much easier if they had something on saturday where they could wake up and watch it or you know watch the whole thing during the afternoon or early mornings or something mm-hmm. yeah i think that's a good idea because this past week, uh, I had to. What did I do on Friday? I did something where I didn't watch SmackDown, so I had to watch it on the Saturday morning. And I watched it. It's like nine thirty in the morning. It's like, damn, mm-hmm. I feel like a kid. Only thing I missed is some cereal. <laughs> like wrestling early on Saturday morning. WWE. I miss cereal. Cereal was great. Yeah, cereal was great. Now most of the time it's like, uh, yeah, I'll take the cereal, but without the milk. That's why I get this, <laughs> the Honey Nut Cheerios or the Apple Cereal. Honey Nut Cheerios are amazing. The Cinnabon cereal is good. Crackling Oat Bran is good. Anything. You can oh, I'll never know. But I don't want. I don't want Cinnabon cereal. I want cinnamon Cinnabon. That's what I want. <laughs> I want a Cinnabon. <laughs> don't tease me. Don't give me no damn cereal. Give me a Cinnabon. <laughs> no teasing. Give me the real deal. And it and it better be hot. 
it's too like I am I love sweets, but that shit is too sweet. I just want the middle and you can have the rest. Mm, the the core. Yeah. Or yeah. it's all ooh, yes. Yeah. Listen, before I decided to rededicate my life to no cars, I used to go to the mall and I would go to the Nordstrom Cafe. They had a spicy chai latte. Then I would trace my ass to the third floor and go get my Cinnabon. Then I would go back to the place. I don't know why I would do it that way, but I would. And then I would go back to the place and sit down and eat my Cinnabon with my spicy chai latte. It was so good. When I tell you, I probably had enough sugar for the week, but I cared. Not a bit. <laughs> oh, it was just great. Oh. Yeah, the cinema that we have a um a cinnamon roll place in the arena. And man, that joy, especially when they be making them like once the game starts, they have to like mm. make a new batch. Oh my gosh. Mm. That joint will have everybody in the arena looking around like where are they? Cause that smell, that smell of like cinnamon and butter is just it's the- Unfuckwittable. And so, it's like, ugh. And so, of course, it's a sporting arena, so they make way more than they ever use. So, oh. what they don't like, people just don't take it in the night. What they uh-huh. do is they take the leftover ones and uh-huh. they mash them down. And we have this cinnamon <gasps> bread pudding that we offer as a dessert. And they use <sighs> that as the bread for the bread pudding. Man, you stop. That shit is so bomb. Like that shit is so oh. bomb. I had the chef make me a pan of it for Christmas one year. He charged me like forty yeah. bucks. That shit's yes. so good. Yeah. Then they have this hot that caramel sauce that goes on the top of it. Yes, the caramel. Oh, the caramel sauce makes it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like the. It's the best dessert we have at the arena by far. Oh, they're in Indianapolis. Hmm. don't see a reason why anybody would ever need to go there I'm surprised Randy Orton wasn't on the show those are his type of people oh look at Bray he's so adorable <laughs> cut that dumb shit off his head and we be cooking with gas oh gosh I can't just because I think he's like a quarter black don't mean I'm accepting the <laughs> Caucasian locks no. Oh man, shouldn't JoJo be coming back soon? Or is she not coming is back? Is Josephine coming back? I hope so. I miss JoJo. Who gonna watch the baby? She's got parents and grandma. Well, she's a new mom. She First of all, her parents are not watching her out of wedlock baby by that married <laughs> man. They're not doing that. I feel like they're not going to do that. Hold on. What her name? Jojo Rodriguez? No. No, Gutierrez? Offerman. Offerman. Oh, I just made her Latino. (laughs) Only reason I know that is because her dad is a famous baseball player. That man is absolutely not watching her baby. Oh, she's 25. She's still young. Okay. She was on Total Divas. They replaced her. <laughs> then she was a guest on a couple seasons, and then no. Uh, oh, she is Dominican. I thought so. She is in a relationship with Bray Wyatt. She delivered in May. 
June, July. So you have like. Two oh, that is adorable. Braun Strowman is the Godfather. Oh, that is the cutest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. He was born in May. He was premature. It's June, July, August, September, October. That's five months. I don't know. She should have one more month, right? It's like six months, right, for the mother? It's like six weeks in the real world. Oh, dang. That's not cool. It's it's They don't get no time at all. But I guess with the kind of job she had, they might have given her six months. Yeah. But who is going to watch the baby? I don't see it. <laughs> I just want to know who is watching the baby. Yeah, so I guess Bray is just be a single earner in that new household. Mm, that's what that check. How many ways? How many kids he got? He married his high school sweetheart. Oh, got, that's his fault. You never marry your high school I think sweetheart. He got, I know he got at least two. Okay, They had two before Samantha filed for divorce after discovering Rotunda's affair with WWE ring announcer JoJo Offerman. In response, Rotunda filed a counterclaim requesting an injection to keep her mouth shut <laughs> and stating that she had made defamatory statements about him in order to ruin his reputation. They split in June. Basically, in September, she was telling all his dirt. You got damn right. You cheat on me, I'm telling all your business. Fuck out <laughs> my face. In September, Samantha accused him of spending $11,000 on non-necessary items rather than paying her spousal and child support. And demanding that he pay her fifteen thousand per month in respect of those amounts. Do you think the eleven thousand was a new place for JoJo to stay for a year? I don't think it was a place, but I think it had something to do with JoJo. I sure do. I I sure do. After multiple hearings, the pair was forced into mediation. Good. So then they went public in September two thousand eight. So. Samantha said back in March of 2007 that they was tricking, <laughs> but they didn't become public until September of the next year. Well, that's nice. <laughs> and so she didn't get, oh, she didn't get pregnant until 2019. Okay, that's great. You did good, Jojo. I mean, not really, but sure. I love that. Braun Strowman is the godfather. <laughs> that's the cutest thing I've ever heard. I don't know why I find that so adorable. You still not warmed up to the name, though? Nash with the K is stupid. Nash with an N would have been amazing because then he would have been named after Kevin Nash. But it's Nash 6, so it's, it's still the same. No. No Ks. Why is <laughs> it a silent K? Sounds like racism. I don't like it. <laughs> It's amazing. I mean, you think about it. Where, if you're a wrestler in WWE, especially, mm-hmm. where the hell are you gonna meet somebody? Yeah, you gotta know them before, or you meet them on the job, right? Or else you're gonna meet them at the bar, right? Because you're, na- you're nasty. But these, this, <laughs> but most of these wrestlers don't even go to the bar. They go to their hotels and just play video games. Little nerds. That's probably for the best. <laughs> so that's the reason why I like when people's marriages and stuff go wrong, they always be ending up 
with somebody with a wrestler with a with a with a coworker. Yeah, yeah. uh huh. Because I mean, that's who they're around all the time. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. I don't know what little Josephine doing. Oh wait, I could look at her. Um, Chocho Offerman. Oh, there it was. You knew what I wanted. Put it back. There you go. Instagram. Josanne. Is that her? Yeah, Josanne or something like that. That's adorable. Okay, the baby's adorable. Black ass baby. (laughs) (laughs) Does she look like she's getting close to coming back to wrestling? No. Full-time mother, huh? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a picture of the baby. It's a picture of the baby cuddle with her at a baseball game. It's a picture of her as a baby. It's a picture of the baby. It's a picture of Bray with the baby. That's a little ass baby. Um, let's see what Renan Rotunda has on his page. Oh, the baby <laughs> oh and a black man I told you I told you he was black I don't know why I don't be listening to me <laughs> yeah him and Bo Dallas they, they seem like they 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 they're not normal just Florida white dudes they are Absolutely quarter black at the <laughs> least. <laughs> at the very least. Somebody's grandma or auntie is black in it. Listen, they on that Dusty Rose protocol and I will not hear any different. <laughs> nah, that's funny. Well, all right, Miss Didi Janay, I think I've kept you up long enough. Thank you once again for spending time with me. I will talk to you next Wednesday night. First of all, they out here looking like the fucking Usos. They are clearly black. Oh, my God. (laughs) Let me see if I can send you this picture so you see what I see.